On this episode of the Sports Social Podcast, we have a big Olympics recap, a lot of NBA free agency buzz to talk about, some MLB trade deadline news, including my Reds finally proving me wrong, NFL Hall of Fame game and the induction ceremonies for the classes of 2020 and 2021, and we'll finish off with some Stump Andrew trivia. All right, let's get it. Listening to the Sports Social Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Honerkamp and Chris Arnold. And welcome into another podcast after a little bit of a hiatus. We're back again. The boys are back again. And obviously, we've got a jam packed uh, podcast here for United. The Olympics are over. Uh, MOB trade deadline, NBA free agency, Hall of Fame induction. All those things that Chris mentioned, we are we're going to get into. But uh, first, Chris, uh, how you been lately? I am fantastic, Andrew. Might I say that intro made me really just want to play. Uh, the boys are back in town, or the boys are back by Young yeah. Gravy. Yeah. Over top of that, the way you said that, Scott. Oh, sorry, I got me going. I had to start yeah. dancing a little bit, but I'm doing good. You know, long break, but it is what it is. How are you doing? I saw you move back into your fantastic dorm room in the dungeon. How are you feeling you said, down there? My my humble abode. Yeah, home away from home. Back again, I believe it's me and one other person here right now. <laughs> Even though I did see some of the boys last night. I ran into yeah, Jack I, say, I saw Jack and all them are here still yeah. already. So I did run I into wish, them man. last night. So it was good. I to wish see I could them. come back. I wish. Yeah. Go back for my, sec- my seventh year. <laughs> no. They're, they're, they're going to uh, allow beer on uh, Linwood football game days. <sighs> Fuck me. Of course, it's when I'm gone. They get all the good stuff. Jesus. Yeah. Last year, they allow it in the houses after I'm gone. Now they're allowing it at the games. Oh, my. That's, yeah, I heard they're going to have, uh, like, beer tents now at the games and everything, too. Yeah, they're, they're working Horseshit. on all that stuff. So That's horseshit, man. Hopefully, with, with, with fans coming back, they want to they come out with a bang. We had to sneak but, all our shit in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, it is what we it still is. did it, though. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, of course I still did. Are you kidding me? I didn't care. What are they going to do? Kick me out? All right. How dare you? All you got to do is walk away from them. You can't <laughs> do yeah. anything. All right. Anyway, uh, so the reason we're a week off because I was gone over in Sparta, Illinois at my uh, Grand Nationals shooting competition. Uh, it was actually the last youth shoot of the year and uh, a little sad, but it was my last youth shoot ever. As I am now officially aged out of the youth shooting program, so that was my last one ever. A little, a little emotional for me, you know, kind of, kind of, end of an era. But it was a uh, successful, well, successful last uh, last one, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I did all right. I did all right. We uh, went out there just kind of not caring at all. It was me and uh, three other like, college days guys. A bunch of them were just a bunch of my friends. We were just out there just hanging out, just not really caring, dicking around the whole time. Ended up uh, winning. Let's see, I got third place for the junior gold. Junior gold is like the collegiate age people. I think it's 18 to 23 is the bracket. Got a third place in handicap after a shoot off. That was, was pretty electric. I had my whole team, a whole 
all of Ohio is behind me. Jeremy on is pretty sick. Uh, my squad for the singles got uh, third place junior gold class A, which is pretty, pretty good. Pretty, we shot pretty well. And then I ended up getting junior gold champion in the HOA, which was uh, singles, handicap, and doubles all combined. Got a junior gold champion. So I guess I'm technically a national champion now, Andrew. I hope you I feel about that. Your podcast of the national Pod- champion. Podcast of the national champion. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> no, but it was, it was a good time. This year, seniors for the team, because I go with my high school team, and then uh, we invite all the rest of the Ohio people that shoot with us to come over there because their teams don't go. But uh, my high school team that I coach, uh, the seniors this year was a special class because it was made up of a bunch of uh, siblings from years prior. So these kids have been shooting with us for – I mean, the most was eight. The rest are like seven, six, all six years at the, at the minimum. So we've been shooting them for a while. I've been coaching them for a while. So I've seen those kids grow up. It was pretty, pretty cool. We had a senior day for them. And I ended up after the, I wrote when we did a, all the siblings did speeches for the kids. And one of them, I uh, was an only child, but it happened to be the one that I'm actually pretty close with. So I had to do his speech and everything, but that was a good time. Got, I got, got a little, got a little choked up. They're in there a couple of times, you know, because yeah. it's, it's pretty serious. All those kids watch them grow up, like the, my little siblings. And their senior day, they're finally going off. It was, it was fun. But, yeah, ending on a high note, my last shoot ever. Got to go out on top. So, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Can't beat that. Long week, though. I'll tell you what, it was hotter to hell out there. There's no trees, no nothing. You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. It yeah. is hotter than shit. But, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a good good, good week off from work. Good week just going out there doing my love, hanging out with my friends. It was, it was good. But I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be here with you, Andrew. I see we get into this. Yeah, because we, we've definitely got a lot to a lot to cover. Uh, uh, I believe I believe we're gonna start with the. You wanna start with the Olympics? You wanna? Yeah, do, yeah. Let's start with the Olympics. Okay. All right. That's probably the biggest yeah. thing we got going. So I'm yeah, for sure. Out of the way. <laughs> well, the first thing we got on for the Olympics is uh, the basketball dominance of USA taking gold in all three, the uh, men's, women's, and women's three-on-three. Big thing for the men's basketball. I mean, that's pretty impressive because they started out absolute dog shit. They couldn't figure anything out. They weren't playing as a team. They got upset in the first game of the Olympics and then to rally together to win the gold. I mean, it's pretty impressive for them. Pretty exciting. Yeah, there there were definitely a lot of doubters, right? I mean, me included, I'd say, you know, losing three of your first four, including the exhibition games. And, yeah, I mean, they definitely – they definitely rallied. Obviously, Kevin Durant has been uh, been was remarkable. He's now the uh, all-time leading scorer in USA basketball history, and people were, were giving him the nickname of uh, of Captain America. Uh, he, he he was definitely incredible. But uh, I would say, you know, with that talent, they sh- they should win. Uh, obviously, yeah. Uh, and it, but it it did take a little while, and and uh, that's that's four four in a row for them. Uh, now, uh, so that's that's impressive. Uh, even more impressive is the women's side winning seven in a row. Uh, they, oh, I, I mean, didn't know. I yeah, did not know that fact. That's a, I, but really I believe it high. is seven. I mean, it, either way, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, they are head and shoulders. Of, obviously, other countries are getting better, but uh, there, there's yeah, nobody that that compares to them. You know, they they've got. They just had a huge size advantage, all stars all over the floor. So, oh yeah, that was. Did you, did you watch well. any of that? Uh, the three on three basketball. 
I, I mean, that, that's intense, I think, man. I think it is the dumbest thing ever. It is not Dude. Olympic sport. It just looks like a game of pickup basketball out in the backyard. It looks so yeah. dumb. That, I mean, there are so many better sports they could have in there except the other three-on-three basketball. Just, uh, I don't like it. And, and it, it was the first year for it, right? Yeah. Uh, and and obviously the U.S. had won it. They, they only lost, uh, I believe, one game the whole time. Uh I feel like either you either love it or you don't. I mean, it's a, it's one of those things. It, it can be intense depending on the situation. You know, if you played a 21, it comes down to the last, last bucket. Maybe that's mm-hmm. an intense moment. You know, and maybe maybe if there were fans in there, maybe it would be different. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely interesting. Uh, one thing I did see uh, was – you have Kevin Durant coming off an ACL injury. You had Brianna Stewart coming off an ACL injury. And you had Kelsey Plum, who was on the three, 3X3 team, coming off an ACL injury. So all three of those individuals came off their ACL injuries and uh, ended up winning gold medals. So yeah, that was impressive them. as well. And another cool story with that was uh, JaVale McGee. He is now the first ever basketball player to win a gold medal along with his mother who yeah. won a gold medal. I don't remember what year it was. It yeah. was back pretty far, obviously, but yeah, that's pretty cool for him to have a, that good story to tell his kids, grandkids, everything that him and his mom are both now gold medalists in the Olympics, which is it's pretty awesome. We had a couple, a couple of St. Louisans won each on the, on those teams, Jason Tatum and Nafisa Collier as well. Uh, so that, that was pretty cool. Um, pretty cool for them uh yeah and uh, yeah i mean as we as we said earlier it's definitely uh <clears throat> usa basketball and everybody else uh, obviously the, the yeah. side maybe maybe get a little closer you know with yeah. france french, and, french did put up they put up a good yeah. fight they were they were sticking in there for a while but they just couldn't handle the pressure exactly all right moving on uh the usa softball and baseball both end up getting silver, both falling to the Japanese teams. Uh, obviously, baseball and softball are pretty big sports over there in Japan, mm-hmm. so they were pretty proud of that. And both were pretty pretty intense, pretty good games. I mean, were, obviously, Japan and U.S. were the two favorites in both sports, but so it ended up being how it should have been. But I thought we could have we pulled it out. Softball was close. We, we probably should have won that one. If we were going to win either of them, it would have been softball over baseball. But – I mean, they were both pretty exciting. I got to watch a little bit of the softball game, and then I saw the highlights of the baseball. Yeah, well, weren't the final scores like two nothing, two to one? I mean, they, they were. Yeah, pretty, yeah, they were intense. Pretty, they weren't allowing anything going. Yeah, the pitching was incredible on both sides, and it's usually how it goes in that. Because I mean, I don't know about the softball, but the baseball was all non-active players or like young kids on the up-and-coming yeah. teams. <laughs> Todd Frazier was out there. Right. What is he like? Thirty-five or forty? He's an old as hell. <laughs> and I me? think, and I think that's kind of why I'm more impressed with the the, the baseball silver. Obviously, we know yeah. how how successful the softball program is at the U.S. But yeah, I mean, it just it felt like they just put a hodgepodge of players together. <laughs> they they sent out like a did they send out like a mass email and whoever responded <laughs> was like, "You're in." I mean. You know, and they had like obviously some different players. Like I know Matt Kemp was like on the qualification team, and yeah, all Cardinals prospects were. You know, uh, John Jay was there. You know, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely interesting because, like you said, you know, they they obviously have had some successful seasons in the MLB, but they're <laughs> they're thirty eight, forty years old now. So I think 
getting to that gold medal game was pretty impressive for the from the U.S. standpoint. Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, uh, what I would love to see is the MLB just take like a nice little two week break. Yeah, I mean having the All Star break, so you can have All Star break and then another two weeks, just have it off and allow all those players in the MLB to go play for their countries because that would just make that so much more exciting to see all those players. So, I mean, USA would dominate. Uh, teams like all the uh, Southern, Southern American teams, yeah. they would be a lot stronger because of that. Japan would obviously be stronger. They have a bunch of kids going over there. <laughs> Get rid of Akiyama, please. Get him over there. <laughs> Dog shit. Actually, I had a good catch the other day, so I can't say anything bad about him, but his hitting is still atrocious. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, I just think that'd be so much more exciting for baseball. Just a two-week two week break. I mean, it's what every it's one every four years. I mean, come on, it's not yeah. that big a deal. Let's let it happen. Everybody wants to see it. It'd be more exciting. Not these old washed-up players going over there, and well, just to see all the all of the America's best MLB players. That'd be pretty exciting to watch. I mean, it's really just like the All-Star game, but combined, it'd be sick. Well, and you look how you look at how big of a, an event the World Baseball Classic is. Yeah, uh, when they have it, and and you like you said, the. It feels like all the all stars, all the big players participate in the World Baseball Classic, and mm-hmm. I mean that's an intense, you know, that's an intense event. There, you you know, you've got all the the countries competing, and you know, fans are into that, and obviously would up the game, up the Olympic level, and and yeah, I mean the the NHL uh, takes a takes a little break there for the Olympics yeah, exactly. as well in their schedule, and I believe they're planning on to on doing that uh, coming up here again. Yeah, I guarantee so, if you ask if you ask every player in the MLB if they would rather uh, end their season two weeks earlier or take a two week break to be able to go to the Olympics, I think it'd be a pretty unanimous decision to say let's go to the Olympics. I mean, for sure, yeah, have sure. the chance to represent your country and go win a medal. It's I mean, it's, it's an opportunity you really can't pass yeah. up. But yeah, 100%. we'll see. They might do it. They might follow the example of the NHL, and but I don't know. It's the MLB. You never know. Right? They're kind of stubborn. They seem to be uh, lacking behind everybody, yeah, lacking behind yeah. everybody else. But yeah, yeah like you said, yeah. we'll see. So on the last podcast, we talked a lot about swimming because that was the big thing in that first week and a half. Uh, the second, I'd say, like session of the Olympics, uh, track and field is the big standout, and USA had a pretty strong showing in that. Per usual, uh, all of our relays except for in uh, one hundred who able to call for finals which is pretty disappointing uh, all of them performed very very well we had uh, gold medals in the men's and women's four by 400 uh, silver in the women's four by one and a bronze in the mixed four by four so that's two women and two men uh, that's pretty exciting uh, a lot of individuals did very very well we had a uh, women's discus get a gold medal with a uh, valerie allman i am apologizing now i'm probably going to butcher some of these names they're pretty weird uh gold in men's shot put with Ryan Krauser. Uh, we also got the silver in that with a uh, Joe Cobbles. Uh, women's 800-meter Anthing Moo got the gold medal. Uh, women's 400-meter hurdles, Sydney McLaughlin got the gold medal. And Delilah Muhammad getting the silver. And then women's pole vault, another gold medal with Katie Nagate, which was – that one was a pretty exciting one to watch. I got to watch that one live. And pole vault's pretty electric when they actually get over there. They, get, they jump over screaming and everything off. It's pretty pretty exciting, but – yeah, track and field, pretty dominant with the U.S. per usual. That's usually one of our strong suits, that and swimming. So, looks pretty good. 
And the the pole the pole vaulter, what's what's her, Katie Katie Nagate? Uh, Nagate, yeah. She yeah. she uh, she missed on her first couple jumps, and then mm-hmm. the the medal qualification round. You know, she I believe it was yeah, like but a, I believe she, she, she it took her fourth like try. I think yeah. they, I think they get three or four tries, and that took her to the last try on the first two yeah heights, and then she went like five for five on the next five heights, and won the gold medal which was exciting it was electric i guess she just she might have been nervous or something and then just got out of her own head and turned on the jets and just never looked back it was pretty exciting and i gotta tell you i i tuned in to see that that shot put you really you, you watch some people it's like holy shit oh i know they're you absolute know? fucking units and, and, <laughs> and i i believe both the gold and the silver were, were uh, world records or olympic records one of the two yeah, the, they, so the guy, the guy who won gold, he broke he broke the his own Olympic record. Yeah, uh, the first four throws he had, he broke the Olympic record every single throw. Yeah, and then he barely missed his world record on his last throw. I think he missed it by like, I was like a point one two or something distance. It was ridiculous, but yeah, he was insane breaking the Olympic record four throws in a row. That's pretty impressive. I don't know how you can beat that. And then yeah, the other guy coming with the silver, and I believe. If I'm correct, that it was the same exact podium as the last Olympics in Rio. I'm pretty really? sure I saw I did, something I about that. Yeah, that. I'm pretty sure I saw that on Twitter. That was the exact same. It was, uh, it was Ryan Krauser, Joe, thanks Kovals, I believe his name is, and then the guy from New Zealand was in the bronze medal. I'm, yeah, that I'm pretty sure that's all that, and it was the same exact podium, which is pretty cool that they're staying on the top of their game for another four years, and nobody else is coming up. So that was pretty cool to see, but. Did you get to watch any of the uh, the relays? Because I tell you what, the two four by four hundreds, those were electric. Because USA just dominated. It yeah, was I was sick. gonna say we, we we did win those by quite a bit. And wh- yeah, especially what, the women's. The women's was up by like probably 50, 60 meters, which is ridiculous. What was it? The four by one hundred that that Carl Lewis was like. Uh, did you see that tweet? He's like, oh, they did it. They did everything wrong. Like they're they're yeah. passing. Yeah, it was the men's four by one hundred that failed to qualify for finals, and they yeah. I saw Carl Lewis was just trashing on them. Everybody was like, "Yeah, oh yeah, this is like U.S.'s year to like, because Jamaica is not as good, obviously, with Usain Bolt." And honestly, I watched the replay of it, and it just looked like they didn't care. Like they just thought they were just going to automatically qualify for finals, and they just weren't trying hard at all. And then got upset; it was embarrassing. But then they came back in the four by four and brought back that gold for the men. So I mean, they kind of came back, but yeah, a little embarrassing on that end. But is what it is. They still. They still pulled it out in track and field one pretty resoundingly. The uh, the mix though the mix was pretty exciting upset because uh, Poland came in there I believe it was Poland and came out there and knocked the U.S. down to a bronze which was pretty exciting because they came from behind everybody thought the U.S. was going to be uh, in the silver behind who the hell was it it was was it Jamaica it might have been. It might have been Jamaica. I can't remember who it was. I, so it was like a week ago when I watched it. But yeah, they got upset by Poland, which nobody expected to come. But that was pretty exciting. Um, women's soccer, they uh, kind of had a little bit of a disappointing end to their Olympic run. They were the reigning Olympic and World Cup winners and then end up coming over here and getting the bronze medal, which was very disappointing for their standards and for the U.S. standards of women's soccer. So yeah, and they didn't really play well that whole the whole tournament. Really, I mean, they they kind no. of struggled to get through the whole thing. Obviously, beat Netherlands uh, in penalties, and then uh, losing Canada beat them with the penalty kick in regulation. And yeah, 
who they play in the in the bronze medal game? It was like the final score was four to three. I forget who they played. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it Australia? Ah, uh, son of a bitch. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. Let me look this up. But yeah, but yeah, but they. I mean, the U.S. women have always been uh, just dominant yeah. over the world over the world stage, and to see them come and do that, and, and it's just kind of a little a little disappointing. Well, so, some of I mean, some of their bigger players obviously getting up there in age with Rapino and yeah. Morgan and and uh, Carly Lloyd and all those, you know. So it's gonna definitely they've definitely got some some younger talent, but yeah, it was Australia. Definitely gonna be a kind of a changing of the of the dynamic changing of the wind for us soccer, uh, coming up here. Yeah, There's a couple, there's a couple young girls that are coming up right now on the team. I know, yeah. uh, local hero, my girl, Rose Lavelle, she's yeah. probably the standout young gun on the team right now. She's for sure probably going to take over that spot of like the, the big face on the, the team from Megan Rapino coming up. Cause she's that attacking midfielder that just loves to go up there and, do a couple of sick moves, get around everybody just magically and score. And it's exciting to watch. And I, of course, love her because she's from Cincinnati, hometown girl. Went to school over here and then I went over to Wisconsin to play her college ball and mm-hmm. now for the U.S. team. So it's pretty exciting to see her go. But the U.S. came in and just dominated per usual at the Olympics. Uh, we had a total medal count of 113, uh, 39 gold, 41 silver, and 33 bronze. Uh, some of those standout gold medals were the uh, the women's volleyball team won gold, uh, women's sand volleyball with uh, April Ross and Alex Kleinman. A little fun fact about that one: April Ross now has a gold, silver, and bronze in the uh, past three Olympics, so she finally got that gold to complete the trilogy. I, I loved watching that, by the way. That, that oh, was I know. fun to watch. Yeah, especially I'm I'm an ex volleyball player, so getting to watch that. Yeah. And, that's so fun to watch, especially sand, because it's just so much more exciting. But uh, anyway, Jade Carey, the uh, gymnast, won the gold medal in the floor exercise. Uh, water polo women came back with the gold. Nevin, Har- uh, Nevin Harrison in the women's 200-meter 200 200 canoe sprint, which I actually got to watch that one. It popped up on NBC when I was watching something else. I was like, sure, why not? Just I was going to say that. That was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a powerhouse event. Yeah, I know. They're, I mean, they're, they're standing on like one knee, one knee up, one knee down on these canoes and just fucking going to town really? for like like 300 meters. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty sick, though. It was pretty fun to watch. Uh, golf, both women and men came in with the gold with Nelly Corda and Xander Shafley came in with the golds on those. Uh, Sunsi Lee, the gymnast, won the women's all around gold, which was pretty exciting because, you know, Simone Biles was the like hands down favorite for that. And then she ended up dropping out and Sun C came in and took the role from her and ended up winning it. So that was pretty exciting to see uh, a couple wrestling gold medals with Mariama Tamira, the women's wrestling 68 kilogram. Uh, Gable Stevenson came in with the wrestling 125 kilogram for the men's and David Morris Taylor, the third, that's a name came in with the 86 kilogram gold medal for wrestling. Uh, and then finally, another just kind of oddball one thrown in there. Uh, a girl named Jennifer Valente won gold medal in women's cycling track. So the track cycle that I think that's, I believe that's the indoor one where they just oh, go yeah, in a yeah, small yeah. circle like 100 times. Yeah. We took the gold medal in that one, which I'm pretty sure nobody knew about because I don't think anybody pays attention to that. No. But exciting. That's a gold medal. I mean, why not? <laughs> You'll look excited for her. 
there, there were there were a couple uh, uh, intense finishes in wrestling. I remember turning that on, and yeah, and, and you know there there were a couple times where the U.S. might have been down a point or two with about thirty seconds left, and they ended up pulling it out at the end. You know, to maybe and some of those weren't all gold. You know, they're bronze or but to get a medal to yeah. be on the podium, and uh, yeah, I mean definitely definitely interesting. Yeah. I mean, the one you're thinking about probably is uh, Gable Stevenson or yeah. Gable Stevens. That guy, he had like 13 seconds left and was down by three and ended up somehow pulling it back to get three points and winning. Uh, he was actually, I just listened to a uh, Pardon My Take interview with him today on their podcast. And they were talking about that. And he said that like it was the most electric thing he's ever done because that, that type of comeback in wrestling is like unheard of. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. To, get, to yeah. score three points in 13 seconds. So yeah. for that to happen was ridiculous. Uh, he beat, I believe it was from Georgia. Uh, they like challenged it and reviewed it, and they came back, and he actually ended up getting another point somehow in the review. So he ended up beating it by two points. But he said the guy went back to the like the dressing rooms and just started punching the shit out of everything, punching the walls, throwing stuff around like I'm an absolute timber tantrum because he lost in that way, which is kind of hilarious to see a big old wrestler like that just going back there throwing a timber tantrum. Yeah. But yeah, that was I didn't see I didn't get to watch that one live, but I got to watch the highlights of that, and that was that was pretty pretty cool to watch. I mean, the wrestling is not that exciting of a sport, but to see that in the final 13 second comeback is pretty sick. Uh, the U.S. had a couple multi medalists, which is pr- pretty pretty impressive to say the least. We had uh, Caleb Dressel coming back with five gold medals, which is ridiculous to even think about that how five gold medals in one olympics yeah that dude's impressive yeah uh he had the he had two relays the four by 100 free relay and the four by 100 medley relay so that's two of them but then he also won gold in the 100 fly 100 free and 50 free so to get five gold medals i mean that's on the michael phelps level to come back with that many medals it's pretty fucking awesome uh we had katie ledecky another swimmer coming back with four medals two gold one silver uh, hers, I believe, were all distance and then two relays. I want to say two relays, two individual. Uh, obviously, Sun, Sun C. Lee won one of each. She won a gold, bronze, and silver. Hers were the gold in the women's all around, uh, silver in the team all around, and then bronze in the uneven bars. Uh, another swimmer, Ryan Murphy, also won one of each, gold, silver, and bronze. He won the gold in the 4 by 100 medley, uh, silver in the one, 200 back, and bronze in the 100 back. Uh, another swimmer. We got two more swimmers, actually. Lily King, uh, two silver and one's bron- one bronze, and Reagan Smith also winning two silver and one bronze. Uh, Lily's was silver in the 4 by 100 medley, silver in the 200 breast, and bronze in the 100 breast. And then Reagan's was silver in the 4 by 100 medley. Silver in the 200 fly and bronze in the 100 back. And then the U.S. also had 23 people win two medals. So in total, that's that's one, two, three, four, five, six, 29 people won multiple medals at the Olympics for the U.S., which, I mean, going there and winning one medal is hard. Going there and winning multiple, that's that's something to say that you can carry around and be pretty proud of that, to say the least. And I did see that – Swimming was the we had thirty medals, uh, thirty medals in swimming. Yeah, uh, yeah. and w- which was the most out of any event for the U.S. Um, yeah, dominant so, per usual. Yeah, they, yeah, they always, always, always seem to be uh, at the top there in the in the swimming pool. Yeah, 
Yeah, that that and track are are two big ones that we just go out there and get a shit ton of medals in, which is always fun to watch. Australia is our big rivals in swimming, and then yeah, track obviously Jamaica is usually a pretty big powerhouse because that's what they're known for is their track stars. But overall, Olympics was exciting. <laughs> obviously, no fans kind of sucked because it no, it's that's the, the one of the best parts is seeing the the country's fans there and cheering everybody on. But it went they're over smoothly. Only a couple people had to get kicked out for the COVID issues and didn't really have a whole lot of things go wrong except for no. just no fans and a few people having to leave. Everything went pretty well and we performed admirably. We won, I believe China was in second. Yeah, I, believe they, I think they had 88. Yeah, we won by a pretty high margin on that. I'm trying to remember who was in third. I'm pulling it up right now. China, then Japan. So the home country came in in third place yeah china had 88 japan had 58 uh, great britain pretty... was 65 and r- can't say russia the russian olympic committee <laughs> coming in in fifth was Careful 71 letter. so i almost did <laughs> God, that sucks they don't even have their own flag that's brutal but yeah the top five is the, the usual some of the usuals up there so it, it, it seemed to be pretty close going into the final day i think it was like mm-hmm. 80 to 80 to 75 or something like that. Yeah, we, so we were pretty close the entire time. I know we we weren't in first for gold medals up until I think it was like the second to last day. We finally yeah. got another gold medal to push us over. I think it was actually the women's volleyball team that helped push us over. We only beat China by one in that. We had 39 goals. They had 38. So where we had a lot more medals than they did, they they held their own in the golds. Yeah. You, you know where you know where China really excels? Do you see any of that diving? Yes. Oh my God. They I mean, are like it, robots in that. Yeah. Shit. They, they just, it's like they go into a factory and. Yeah. They had, they, they had two kids that were like, I think it was like 12 and 13. Yeah. A girl and a guy, or it might have been two <laughs> girls. I can't remember. But they had two, a 12 and 13. Are you kidding me? Winning gold medals? What the hell? It's ridiculous. Oh, whatever. Yeah. China's that uh, ping pong, they kill in. Uh, it's like all the weird ones, honestly. Uh, gymnastics, they're obviously really good in, I think archery is another one that they're like studs i don't know but they're yeah diving is their shit they they got that shit on lock i was i i ended up watching some of that uh gymnastics trampoline and and one of their guys name was dong dong it's like gold medalist in 2016 at rio is dong dong i think he did <laughs> I, I think he did a point in bronze or something oh that's an unfortunate name i know that's their customs we don't get that don't want to get on that (laughs) shit but that's an unfortunate name dong dong (laughs) oh my god we need to get off of that before we get in trouble for saying something (laughs) yeah anyway you want to move on to uh when does some nba we got got a lot going on in that realm right now yeah for sure uh big big uh, free agency started is under underway and and some big some big deals uh big deals got done and now they're look NBA is kind of looking into a few of those with some possible tampering. I did see that the other day. Really? Uh, the, the, uh, Kyle Lowry moved to the Miami heat and Alonzo hmm. ball moved to the Chicago bulls. They're looking into some possible tampering. I don't know what they could have, have done. Yeah. I don't I mean, what can you tamper? Uh, but I, I saw like that. that. I saw that was interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we had, uh, obviously just mentioned a few, yeah, I, I, got, I got a list here of a couple of the big name ones if you yeah, want to go ahead and read those go ahead. off. Yeah, go ahead. We got uh, the Heat. They get P.J. Tucker and, like you said, Kyle Lowry. And then they also get to keep uh, Jimmy Butler and Victor Lodipo. So they're going to be a 
pretty solid powerhouse going on in the East over there. Uh, Jared Allen is staying with my hometown Cavs. Let's go, baby. Love to see that. Uh, JaVel McGee is going to the Suns, so they get a nice little uh, <clears throat> veteran duo in JaVel McGee and Chris Paul, who signed an extension to stay with the Suns, a $120 million four-year contract with the Suns. crazy? That old-ass guy is just making bang. It's ridiculous. <laughs> God, how many years has he been in the, has he been in the league? Oh, I mean, come on. The, oh, I guess – I guess – did he play – he played one year at Wake Forest. But yeah. still, I mean, it's got to be – Got to be going Christ. close to 20. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Bulls had a big offseason. They signed Alex Caruso from the Lakers, uh, like you said, Lonzo Ball. And then they also just got DeMar DeRozan. So that's going to be a pretty big one on them. Yeah. They finally get back to some primes. They haven't been that good since the uh, Derrick Rose era, so it's good to see them getting somebody. Uh, Kimba Walker is going to the Knicks. We have Kawhi, Durant, and Steph are all staying put with their teams. So Kawhi staying with the Clippers, Durant with the Nets, and Steph staying with Golden State. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to the Wizards. And finally, the last big one that I have on here is Andre Iguodala is going back to the Warriors. So back to his team that he won two championships with, back to his home front. So that's pretty exciting to see him going back there. I think all the fans there are pretty happy to see that. But, yeah, a lot of big names going new places. So it's going to be pretty pretty cool to see how those teams shape up, especially the Heat and the Bulls. I think those two are the most exciting ones so far with basically transforming their entire starting rosters. I mean, Heat getting four and uh, the Bulls getting three, all of which are probably going to be starters on their team. So it's pretty cool to see. It'll be exciting to see how those teams shape out. And another kind of storyline, another thing that I noticed is just – kind of all the extensions that were being handed out. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Butler signed a big extension. Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic just signed a, a huge. Uh, oh yeah. I didn't have him on there. Yeah, he just did. Uh, so you've got, you got these teams uh, starting to lock up their superstars and, and building around them. You know, like you said, with the, with the heat uh, doing that. But I, I think, I think the bulls had the most surprising off season for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like they, they, they're in the East, obviously, so they feel like they might have been a piece or two away. Obviously, they have Zach Levine uh, to build around, and hopefully, hopefully, Lonzo Ball takes that that next step. I don't know if he's worth <clears throat> as much money as they paid him, but hopefully, and and they're hoping that Marta Rosa could be that veteran scorer, and Caruso can come off the bench or potentially start for them and, and give them a little spark. But uh, yeah, Caruso's yeah. just that electric factor that's going to be getting people going usually. And then, and then, how about the how about the Lakers uh, winding back the clock a little bit, signing Carmelo Anthony and and Dwight Howard, kind of getting that. Oh baby. God, so old. That, <laughs> yeah, kind of getting that uh, 2010 team band. That's, that's got to be a record for the. Yeah, that's got to be a record for the oldest average age of a team that ever is. I mean, I, there I, has I, to be would, some kind of record for that. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I would lo- like to look that up, but yeah, I mean, it's you've you've got. Russell Westbrook, who who got traded there, um, who's 33 now, right? You've got uh, Anthony, you've got LeBron James, you've got Dwight Howard. Uh, so you're getting up there in age. And I, ha- I have their their average age right here. What what do you think it is? Give me give me a guess. I'm gonna go uh, 33.4. Not that high. Not that high. Surprisingly. I, I got a couple of young guys in there. I guess there's some rookies in there that are bringing it down. It's 31.8. Oh, 
years. Yeah, that's that's so that is high. the oldest in the NBA. The second oldest is twenty eight point nine with the Jazz. So they got a so they're they got a, almost almost so a, two that's a three. Years. That's basically three years. Yeah, yeah three year yeah. difference is ridiculous. <laughs> that is so old. Thirty one, basically thirty two. It's thirty one point eight. So let's just say thirty two is their average age. I mean. You got guys coming out when they're in their like 28, 19, 20 right now. <laughs> this team's out here as a bunch of old men just running it up. And and on and on that Lakers note, real quick, I I don't I don't know how LeBron, Westbrook, and Anthony Davis are going to be able to coexist. They're not, and then you got Melo in there too. Right, he's a a ball demander. <laughs> right, they're all like ball dominant, just like, like they're not going to run any plays. Yeah, they, they got the worst possible point guard to get in the offseason. Westbrook is not a passer. He's a shooter. He's not a true point guard. He is probably the worst option. With all the shooters they have and all the playmakers right. they have, they didn't need another playmaker. They need a, and, someone to come and take over and pass the ball. And he, he's obviously not a bad player. That's not what we're saying. No, I mean, he's terrific, he, yeah. <laughs> he, he averages a triple double. He just, he just doesn't fit with what the Lakers need. Yeah, no. Most- they already got LeBron. They need they need more shooters. They talk needs, about maybe like a Buddy Heald or somebody who obviously not getting yeah, yeah, yeah. out. Westbrook but, needs his own team. He needs his own team, maybe one other like big-name all-star on there that he can pass the ball to every once in a while if he has an off night. But he needs his own team because he demands the ball. He takes over the game himself. Him being with a couple other guys that do basically the same thing is, is – I don't know if it's going to work out that well. Wait, it'll, probably be, it'll probably be exciting for the first couple games, but after that, once they get to those deep – deep season games it's gonna be a little rough he kind of had that that idea in washington and obviously they they played well down the stretch and made it to the play in tournament or whatever but yeah i mean it'll definitely be interesting because lebron is like a he's a rim slasher type player and Mm -hmm. so is so is uh westbrook and anthony davis really isn't like a true center he's a pick and pop type of guy you know yeah he's more like a four than a five yeah so, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see. And obviously with, you know, LeBron getting up there in age and, and all that, I mean. Yeah, he's got like 10 more years in him. I mean, yeah. He'll, that kid, he'll that probably, guy's never going to quit. He'll, he'll be like Tom Brady in, in playing. Yeah, he's, he's literally never going to quit. Yeah. Every team he goes to, he just goes to win championships. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know he was, getting some, uh, he was getting some shade from the uh, – U.S. Olympic team for not going over there and helping them win some stuff. That was pretty funny to watch. They were over there on their drive over to get their medal. They were drinking his tequila and shouting him out on that video. That was uh, Kevin Durant just getting him shit for it. <laughs> but, yeah, he just always seems to go and he just goes and wins. That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah so- that'll be a good one. The, them and the Clippers, obviously the Suns, basically keeping everybody. So that'll be fun to watch in the West. I believe the Nuggets kept everybody. They – yeah. Didn't lose anybody. Uh, but the East is going to be probably those big three now in the Heat, Bulls, and Nets. I don't think there's really anybody else that can keep up with them. Yeah. Maybe the, I, the Mavs, obviously, they're going to be up there with Luka, but it, I think it, they got to get another piece with him to actually contend for anything. It'll be interesting to see what the 76ers do as well. I mean, obviously, Ben, ben Simmons. <laughs> of Simmons. That's the only thing they can They're going to have to. Help and, themselves. And, you know, it's interesting to – you know, to find or to see that they haven't traded him yet, and and, and all those kind of things. You know, they yeah. did. Did you there. see the uh, the video of him and Rajon Rondo? I did. And just this know. random open gym. It's, it's no. them two going back and forth in this random open gym, just absolutely just draining threes, like it's no other, like it's no other's business. 
obviously they're gonna they're in a wide right. open gym, nobody covering them. Right. Any NBA player on the planet that plays, or not even NBA, any professional basketball player can go into an open gym and just drain threes like it's nothing. That's not that's right. not impressive. Come on. But yeah, that's the they need to get rid of Simmons. They need to get something in return. I think they're they're wanting too much for him. I don't I think people aren't gonna pay as much as oh, they want, sure. which is yeah. how they're not getting rid of him. So they need to just you know, kind of just bite the bullet and suffer through what they're going to be able to get for them. And I mean, just do whatever they can to improve their team and get something that's going to help not, not be Ben Simmons, um, get somebody to factor in with Embiid to actually perform and not be afraid to shoot the ball underneath the basket. It's kind of like the same thing that the blues are going through with Tarasenko. Yeah. They are holding sitting on their high horse. And I believe the, the asking price for Simmons was like, like a young player and like three first round picks or something. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's like you said, something just, you know, he's a definitely a talented player, a young guy, but you know, he wants out of there. You know, that reports have come out that he, he's not really talking to teammates. I don't know if that's true or not, but he definitely wants out of there. So the 76ers don't have a whole lot of leverage and same with the blues as well with Tarasenko and, you don't want to bring a guy like that back into your locker room or, or whatever, you, whatever, whatever it may be, because that, mm-hmm. that would just complicate things even more. So let's, it'll be interesting to see how both of those situations play out. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll move on to another big old sport there in the U.S. The MLB. Talk about a little trade deadline action. Uh, what a what a crazy deadline it was. Um, yeah, the Cubs obviously dismantled the whole thing and. R.I.P. Had a had a lot of uh, all stars on the move. I believe it was ten all stars got traded, the most uh, for any uh, single season ever. Um, so it, it was definitely an interesting trade deadline. And like, like as I said, some big pieces and uh, some teams picked picked the direction and and went on the rebuild mode. And, and some teams got better. So yeah, uh, yeah it, was there was there any one move that kind of stood out to you as like I mean a, obviously the Cubs they they got rid of the big three they uh they sent Javi Baez to the Mets Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees and Chris Bryant to the Giants uh, I saw a little fact on Twitter that the first game with their new team all three of them went on and hit homers so yeah. I mean that's just kind of like a slap in the face to all those Cubs fans that have those guys go out there and succeed I believe uh Chris Bryant just hit a walk-off single last night for the Giants to help them win the game so uh, I think that's probably the move that sticks out the most to me is the Giants getting Chris Bryant because they were already dominating this year. I mean, they basically had every piece of the puzzle. They, I think they're in first place overall in the entire MLB. And now adding another all-star and heavy hitter like Chris Bryant, that's just going to make them even more dominant. It's going to make them even harder to beat. So it's kind of weird for the Cubs to go and do that to give a powerhouse even more of a powerhouse. But that's probably the most influential – move of the uh deadline there in my opinion I, I gotta say that the giants have are have to be the surprise of the year yeah oh yeah nobody expected this to happen nobody expected them to be 30 games over 500 and and atop of the dodgers and the Padres. so i i give them credit for going out and getting chris bryant somebody like that i mean i i really do i mean because you know a lot of people they, they seem to have kind of like a resurgence with a lot of their guys as well. Buster Posey's had a successful year. Brandon Crawford was all uh, all star type player. Uh, so I mean they're they're all in and and it, 
Bryant did say that, you know, he, he had talked to his family about potentially signing some sort of extension there as well. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, uh, you, you mentioned the three guys that went on hit homers. I believe uh, Jack Peterson did the same thing with the Atlanta Braves. So there's, there's another guy that yeah. hit a home run in his debut for another team. Uh, and you got to think, you know, they, they had to see this coming for a little while. So uh, maybe now that the whole trade saga is over, they can finally start playing again and, and kind of loosen up and just play and definitely moving on to some teams that are in contention, teams that wanted you uh, can help can help them move on, move forward. So yeah, and I mean you, you got to feel bad for Chicago right now. Their MLB is in a rebuild. Their NFL team is in a rebuild. I mean, drafting a rookie quarterback that's obviously rebuild mode. Yeah, Blackhawks aren't shit. So I mean, it's, it kind of sucks to be Chicago right now. I'm kind of happy for it because you know the Cincinnati teams are trading places. Hopefully, we'll see how that goes, but. Speaking of Cincinnati teams, my Reds, I said on yes, never make any moves. They're never going to get any pitchers. They're going to be dog shit bullpen forever. The next day, they go and pick up three new pitchers, all three of which are actually doing pretty yeah. damn good right now. They picked up uh, Louis Sessa from the Yankees and Justin Wilson from the Yankees, and they traded some prospect that's not even like a big name at all. So I was happy with that. And then they got, uh, a new closer and Michael Givens from the Rockies, which we desperately needed because our closer uh, Sims is still on the injured list. I believe they just now sent him down to AAA for rehab, but we really, really needed that closer. Our closer was playing like absolute dog shit. Our backup closer, uh, Namir Garrett. So we needed that desperately, but thank God the Reds finally did something and finally got some new goddamn pitchers because we were about to have riots in the streets of Cincy. It was how yeah. bad they were playing. My God. Our offense is incredible, and our defense just come in there and just fuck everything over. What? But as we got them, we went on a, I believe, seven-game win streak. We finally got broken by the Braves, but actually got broken by the Indians in a makeup game, and now just lost two straight to the Braves. But we swept the Pirates, which was pretty awesome. We dominated them. There was no not even a chance for them to beat us, but came out with those new pitchers, got hot, and now we're – like a game and a half to two games back from uh, the central or not from, not from the central, sorry. The wild from, card. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wild card central were like six games behind Milwaukee. It's going to be pretty hard to get them, but yeah, two games off a wild card, which before the break, I think we're like five games back. So, Hey, let's go reds, baby. I'd love to see it. Give me something good, please. Lead yeah, me into the, the successful Bengal season with a reds victory, please. Let's do it. Especially with how kind of like, uh, up in the air, the central is obviously the Brewers. Uh, kudos to them for for running away with it. I mean, I didn't I didn't expect yeah, that would be this good either. I mean, that was expected. The Brewers were expected to run off with it. They, I mean, they. I don't know this much though. I mean, obviously, yeah. the obviously the Cubs, you know, selling off opportunities, everything. I think they're now 10, 10 games under five hundred. Uh, speaking yeah. of that, real quick, you you look at their lineup. You're like, who the fuck is in here? Like, <laughs> yeah, who, for real. Yeah, because they got all the who was this guy? Nobody now. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, so like you you spoke on you you know the Reds are are super talented offensively. And they're, they're oh yeah, I mean get... we have we have a potential MVP in Nick Castellanos. We have who should be the rookie of the year in uh, Jonathan India. Uh, if he gets snubbed, I will be livid. Everybody in Cincinnati will be livid because he is playing incredible. We got a bunch of other good rookies, and uh, Tyler Stevenson's playing fantastic. 
Uh, we finally got Moose back. He's He came in and went 2-4 in his first game with, like, three RBIs back. So we finally got him back. We got Joey Votto who's playing one of the best seasons of his career. He's playing incredible. Uh, and then we finally, finally found a shortstop. Uh, Suarez, he's still on the team, unfortunately, but – Finally, found a way to get him off the field. Far- put Kyle Farmers, Farmer yeah, Farmer's taking over right now. Yeah, yeah, we are. Our, like I said, our offense is phenomenal. We just we had to get those pitchers in there. Our starter pitchers were fine. We had to get that bullpen, and they actually went out and got some bullpen pitchers. Thank you, Jesus. We might actually do something big here. I love to see it. Yeah, I mean, let's that, that and that's why you you go out and be active at the deadline, right? You. Mm-hmm. You, you realize that you got an opportunity and, and uh, so we'll see. I mean, anything can happen with that, with that second wild card that, that also is a game changer, you know, adding that second wild card, you've definitely seen some teams kind of sneak in there at the end and, and who knows, like once you get in, you, you go on a run and anything can happen. Hey, we're hot, baby. We're hot. Yeah. That's all we need. Yeah. All we need, and, all we need is to get in and we're good to go. And we'll and fucking I, roll. And especially, especially with you, I mean, you pretty much got two potential MVP uh, type players hitting, you know, behind, behind or in front of each other, however you want to put yeah. it, with with a Winker yeah, and Castellanos. Yeah. Uh, Winker's second, uh, Castellanos is hitting third, I believe, right now. They've been switching back and forth, but yeah, Winker's and- on a little bit of a slump. He hasn't been hitting as well as he was. He's just barely over 300 right now, but yeah, Castellanos came back from injury and he's just back to normal. He's hitting like a point, I think it was like a three two three two four, I believe it is, but Behind them, I and mean, we got India hitting. And he's like a 280. Uh, Stevenson's hitting 280. Vado's up there in like 270, 280. We're hot. I want to see what happens. Uh, how how about Joey Vado? We might have touched on this a couple podcasts. Dude, ago, it dude, feels like he was hit, started. Feel like he was at home run every other game. It was I think five yeah, games in a row. I mean, he like, broke a record. Yeah. yeah, he broke a record I for mean, the most and a certain amount of games for a Reds player. He was unreal. Yeah. That was so electric. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't really watch every single game. That the Reds play, obviously, there's so goddamn many it's hard to watch. Yeah. But in that span, I was watching every single yeah. game to see if he would actually hit another homer. It was fucking electric. He is playing so well. He is, I mean, it, it, he is exciting the entire city of Cincinnati right now. We used to, the last couple of years, we had had nothing. I mean, the Reds games were like a fourth capacity for all their games because they sucked and it was just, it was, it was hard to watch. This year, this team is so electric. Our stadium is packed almost every single game, which is – I love to see it because we finally have sports in Cincinnati that we can get behind and get excited for. The Reds are playing great. Bengals are young. We're ready to go. We're hungry. Let's get it. Let's go Cincinnati. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and people talk about just how like a, like a nice guy, like a funny guy. Joey oh, Votto he's incredible, like, yeah. When, when – when they get to first base, you know, he's just like, it's just a good story. He's like, I, I yeah. would love to, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with that guy. Oh, yeah. to, to other players and to Cincinnati fans, he is the nicest guy. He's such a genuine person. What makes us love him even more to other teams fans. He's a dickhead and it's hilarious. Yeah. He just screws yeah. with them the entire. Have you seen the video of him like walking up? He's going to uh, give a pitch or give a ball yeah. to another team's fans. He just turned around, shook his head and walked away. I love it. I mean, it's so good when you, when your player, is that genuine to you and other players and then to other teams fans is like absolute dickhead. That is the ideal player. It's hilarious. I saw there was a video they just posted about him where I believe, I don't remember what, I think it was at the pirates. Actually, there was a one reds fan. It was like a little girl. It was a little, it was a little boy. 
he, he scouted him out. He was like probably 10, 12 rows up. And he went and got a ball, signed it, and called that kid down to give him the ball. The look on this kid's face when Joey Vadho pointed him out in the middle of a crowd and called him down to give him a ball, I mean, that's – you can't beat that. No, nothing that better, kid's yeah. face. And, man, that just made that kid's world, getting ha- having that happen. Joey Vado, the star of your team, calling you out of the stands, come give you a ball. I mean, that's player right there. That's player. And, and I, I do remember that there was a – it was early this year. The Reds are playing in San Diego. And some some girls, she might have been, you know, t- 10 years old, something like that. And they had, you know, traveled to San Diego to see Joey Votto. She made the sign. It says, Joey Votto is my favorite player. Well, he got ejected in the first – he got ejected in the first inning and uh, ended up finding, you know, giving this girl tickets to another game and, and all yeah. that stuff. So. Yeah, he he's just he's a nice he's a nice dude. He loves his fans. He loves the Cincinnati. He loves the city of Cincinnati. He loves the Cincinnati fans. He's just a genuine, fantastic person. Except to other other teams' fans, which I love. It's perfect. I, I would love to kind of sit down and analyze his career. Like, I don't know if he's like, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I, he's if the only the only thing that will keep him back is the red suffrage in the in the postseason and how. The team's been terrible for the past couple of years. Yeah. He's been that one bright shining star. But if it was solely an individual thing to get into the Hall of Fame, Votto would be out there. If it wasn't by accolades, it was just by his numbers, the way he's played, what he's done for a team by being that leader, he'd be in perfectly. It's just he hasn't won enough, I don't think, which is going to hurt him. Here's his career career numbers. First of all, 62.8. Uh, wins above replacement. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, over, he, he's got a th- three oh three <clears throat> career batting. Yeah, I, I, I told you he's good. Three hundred eighteen homers, over a thousand RBIs. He's eight hits away from two thousand. I feel like that's kind of like a March mark. Yeah, for Hall of Famer. He'll get that this year. Easy. He's a, he's one MVP. He's got a Gold Glove, and he's a six time All Star. I, like I, I said, individual-wise, he's a Hall of Famer. It's just his accolades. It's hard, it's hard to get in there if you don't win stuff. <laughs> and uh, how old is he now? He's th- oh, he's 37. So you yeah, he's old. Think, <laughs> you got to think he's, he's the clock's winding down there. But Well, they're, 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 they're training his replacements. Tyler Stevenson, he's a catcher, but he's yeah. been playing first base. They, he can move over there. I believe they have a prospect coming up in the ranks right now that's a pretty good first baseman that they're – Trying to get to fill his shoes, it's, it's going to be hard, fill, hard shoes to fill. He's been the face of Cincinnati baseball for a while. It used to be him and Brandon Phillips, and then once Phillips left, it was basically just Joey Votto there. Now it's, it's him. Let's see. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six top ten finishes for MVP. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> He was he's, he's a, a good he's not, player. He just yeah, glad he runs under the radar because the like, team he's on. Yeah, yeah. If he was on a different if he was on a team like the Dodgers or oh, the yeah. Yankees, he would be insane. He'd be one of the top play players yeah. ever. It's just because of who he's with that keeps him down. And, and real quick, back on the trade trade deadline, we didn't even touch on Max Scherzer and Trey Turner going to Dodgers. I mean Oh yeah, I know. I mean that first of all just yeah, just the thing they need more goddamn first, pitchers. Yeah, first of all. I think I think that's stupid. The yeah. the Dodgers and the Yankees just bully everybody. 
I almost feel mm-hmm. like it's, it's like, I mean, they're, they're doing what they should do. They're going out and getting people. They got the most money. Might as well spend it. Yeah, but I, I almost feel like it's almost bad for baseball. But that's, oh, that's, it's terrible for baseball. <laughs> it should I mean, be. A, that's, yeah, that's it's for ridiculous. It should be a cap on like, every team should have the same amount of money. Obviously, I mean, I mean, not the same amount. It shouldn't. It should be the teams with the bigger fan bases get a little bit more money. But to have the big that big of a gap between like the Yankees and I don't know one of the other teams that's not a big name. I mean. Say like the Blue Jays or somebody. Yeah. The Royals, the Kansas City Royals. That's a the, between them and the Yankees is ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you look at like like the Rays, for example. Like the the Yankees could field like three different teams based on their yeah. Rays payroll. I mean, it's insane. But yeah, like I said, that's that's for another conversation. And uh, yeah, uh, another another big thing that just happened is we get moving here is the uh the hall of fame the hall of fame induction and the hall of fame game so started with the game uh it was the steelers versus the cowboys it was basically a, a reserve game i think the starters yeah, played like 10 minutes of the game I, not even all the starters it was like the backup starters i was gonna say yeah i, I watched like three plays yeah i, I didn't even like, watch <laughs> yeah i saw one highlight come through and i i it was like the fourth string running back for dallas running a play i was like i'm not yeah. turning this on I mean, yeah, it's fine. The football is finally back, but if, when it's all backups played, it's it's not even worth it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, the big name was uh, Najee Harris got in. He was like the lead back for them. He played incredible, looked pretty well. He looked pretty damn good. Uh, Michael Parsons, the first round draft pick for the Cowboys, played awesome. He uh, I saw a video of him on Hard Knocks this morning that he uh, he was pissed that he, they actually took him out. He wanted to go back in and play some more because he was having so much fun, and he said he was finally getting hot. I was like, damn. That's him just now getting hot. I can't wait right. to see it when he's actually yeah. like heated up. Man, it's gonna be incredible to watch. And their linebacker cord between him and Van Der Esch, that's a young, talented core right there. J- yeah, Jalen Smith to too. Yeah, Jalen Smith's in there. I think I think Parsons is gonna take Jalen Smith's job. I think Jalen Smith's gonna be the backup because I think Van Der Esch will edge him out for that second spot. But Michael Parsons and Van Der Esch, that's gonna be pretty pretty hard to beat linebacker yeah. core right there. But yeah, sure. game game sucked. It wasn't it was it was just a bunch of backups. So yeah, it was probably worse than preseason. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't, I didn't. Uh, like I said, I watched. Yeah, the more the more exciting it. part of the thing was the uh, induction ceremonies for the classes of 2020 and 2021. Uh, obviously, 2020 they couldn't have an induction ceremony and everything because of what happened, but they got to go through and see all their busts, uh, see all their stories and everything. Uh, there was 20 total people in the class of 2020 because it was the big centennial. Uh, I'm not going to read all those off because it's a lot, but some of the yeah. big names, uh, Steve Atwater, uh, Bill Cower, Bobby St. Louis guy, by the way. He went to uh, – he went Bill Cower? No, uh, Steve uh, Atwater. Went oh, to, uh, yeah, really? Went to Luther North High School. Oh, no shit. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, that was a big one. That was – I don't know if you saw that, but when they when he found out he was going to the uh, Hall of Fame, that was probably one of the best, like, announcement videos there was when he came onto the show. Yeah. And did that in the middle of – like it was like a pre, I think it was a halftime. Yeah, it was thing. halftime. And then, yeah, you got Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman crying on the yeah. thing. That was that was awesome. Uh, another big one, was Troy Polamalu from the Steelers. Big hair, big guy. That's a good one. And then uh, another big name was Ed Sprinkle. So those were some of the big names out of that class. Like I said, there's 20 of them. So that was a big one. Uh, Isaac Bruce as well. You got to throw. You got to throw in, throw in the uh, St. Louis St. Louis touch. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not a St. Louis guy. It's not a name yeah. I would recognize. <laughs> I was no names I recognize in there. 
Uh, but yeah, that was a good one. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, obviously the headliner in there. So, I mean, that's fantastic for him to finally get in there. He's a phenomenal guy. One of those top quality coaches that just, he's, he's a, he's one of the faces of the NFL and now one of the faces of post pre and halftime shows. Uh, the smaller class was this year's class, class 2020. Not many of them, so I'll go ahead and just read all of them off. Uh, Alan Feneca, Tom Flores, uh, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, that's one of the big ones. John Lynch, Bill Nunn, Drew Parson, was our Pearson, Charles Woodson, and Peyton Manning. So that was a pretty star-studded class with Woodson, Manning, and Megatron, Calvin Johnson. And I saw something. They said – I forget who it was. It might have been like Dante Stallworth or something. I don't know if he's part of the Hall of Fame committee or whatnot, but they, mm-hmm. they asked him, they said, how, how long of a discussion was it on Peyton Manning? He said, 13 seconds. God and damn, yeah, it. I'm sure. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously. I mean, the guy's done yeah. you know, I mean, Everybody knew he was going to be a first balloter. Oh, for sure. Easily. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, Calvin Johnson, I, I saw a tweet the other day, said, not many players – Said uh, Calvin Johnson was drafted, uh, retired, and inducted into the Hall of Fame in between Tom Brady's seventh year and 22nd year in the NFL. Uh, So, uh, 37 years old, one of the youngest uh, players to ever go in. Obviously, only played nine Mm -hmm. years because of uh, concussion issues. Wish he could have played a little bit longer. Yeah, but probably, I mean, easily top five wide receivers ever. He's probably in contention for the best wide receiver to ever play in the NFL. He was just a dominant force. So he he just tossed the ball up, and he's somehow going to come down with it. What a and what a night for the Steelers, real quick. I mean, Alan Fanica, uh, uh, Bill Cowher, Troy Palomalu, all, all those guys going in. Steelers had one hell of a night. Yeah, let's a not couple, talk about it. Couple nights. Uh, I hate the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> my friend, my friend, I have, I have one of my friends who's a. Huge, huge Steelers fan. He just he loved to rub that in every time yeah. there's Steelers player. God damn it! Uh, yeah, he rubbed that shit in hard because that was he knows how much I hate Steelers with a passion. But yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was exciting to watch. I mean, it's obviously a big moment for all those players and coaches to be inducted into that. And uh, I don't know, dude, but did you see Peyton Manning's bust? How like yeah, they, serious he looks. I was gonna say that they almost they I would I would go back to them and want to read you. Yeah, that was I mean like you know Peyton Manning he's, I, I, he should have a smile. He should not be straight and, faced and, and looking like that. And to be quite honest, that that didn't look like him at all to me. No, he had a small forehead. That dude's got a fucking monster of a forehead. They they pushed that thing down. Yeah. The one the one who was the most accurate was Palomalu. He did, when yeah. he when they unveiled his he turned it around to show the hair. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive yeah. how they the hair to look. Like and, all, the waves and everything. And they had mentioned that uh, he had tested positive for COVID. So that was actually the first time that he, uh, he got his gold jacket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw that they, at the beginning of the ceremony, they gave him his jacket finally. And then uh, John Lynch's jacket, he was at uh, Steve Hutchinson's hall of fame party and John Lynch's jacket got red wine on it. So he had to have oh, that dry. He had to have that dry clean. So they had mentioned that uh, they, they had those type of services <laughs> on the ready. But to be then, honest, yeah. I think they need to get some new jackets. Do you think those gold jackets? So? I mean, they're like a mustard yellow. They're not even really gold. I, I, I wouldn't say, want to go like so far to saying like a bright, shiny gold, but I mean, it's a little, it's a little bad of a color. So they're just like mustard yellow. I must say, I think obviously I don't you know sit down and critique like Hall of Fame 
Well, yeah, obviously not, but I'm just saying. But no, no, like on this line, like I, I think I think football has like the coolest Hall of Fame ceremony. Oh yeah, by by a long shot. By a long shot, yeah. And uh, it's it's hard to get in. It's not there's not a shit ton of players that get right. in. I mean, it's a very tedious um right, situation like, to actually get in because you got to get voted in. Because like, when it's like they actually they go they dive hard into your career to actually see if you can yeah. actually finally get in there. I mean, because because you know baseball, you're on the ballot for ten years, but you can still get voted in by the baseball writers and the, the yeah. people. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't even think it's close. I mean, it, it's fun to watch every year. Fun to see the speeches and and you know their presenters and all those things. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was like I said, it was a big big couple of classes and big couple of nights. So. Yeah, De- definitely anyway. interesting. You ready to get stumped? Yeah, I was just gonna say we, we haven't done this since. Um, it was like the first one, wasn't it? I, I yeah. So I guess I'm I'm laying like a precursor. So if I don't get any of them, oh, please, oh okay, yeah, that's some bullshit. I don't yeah, want to hear that. Please, <laughs> I made them easier this time. Right? I made a multiple choice. <laughs> multiple, okay. Well, yeah, if you don't get some of these, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I got. One Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame based, and I have three Olympics. Okay. So what do you want to start with? I'll give you the choice. Let, let's start with Hall of Fame since we just got uh, – All right. Let's, let's continue. So the Hall of Fame question. 2021 saw three first ballot Hall of Famers in Kevin Johnson, Peyton Manning, and Charles Woodson. How many first ballot Hall of Famers have there been all time? Oh my. Options are 92, 87, 64, or 75. Damn. I mean, you got to think that's like a, that's like a pretty hard thing to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. To get it on your first try. I mean, there, there's a fair share of uh, players that, that go through the league as well. Obviously not all of them have Hall of Fame credentials or even in a discussion. So I'm going to go with, Options were 92, 87, 64, and 75. I'm going to go with uh, 75. Oh, incorrect. God damn. It was 87. Damn. 87 was the number of first ballot Hall of Famers, which seems like a lot, but if you think of how long the NFL has been around, that's not a lot. No. <laughs> it's a very small number. Yeah. So, yeah, 87 first ballot Hall of Famers. That's, that's pretty cool. All right. Moving on to question number two. This one actually has a little bit of a bonus one at the end of it. But okay. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. The United States have dominated the Summer Olympics for years. How many times have they won the medal count? So that's overall medal count. How many times oh have they won? Options are 12, 21, and 18. 12, 21, 18. How many times have they won the medal count? Let's see. They, they won it this year. They won it in 2016. They won it in 2012. <laughs> You're not about to go back and count. Do <laughs> it. 28, 2004. I mean, it's got to be. It got to be 18. Oh, my God. It is. You finally got a correct answer, Andrew. Holy shit. Answer is 18. They have won the Summer Olympic medal count 18 times. Now, a little bonus. How many times have they won the Winter Olympics medal count? Oh, my. And you are not getting multiple choice for this one. How many times have they won the Winter Olympics medal count? I'm going to go with 
increase in like Jeopardy music. Tw- I'm gonna go with twelve. Oh, not even close. They have won the Winter Olympic medal count one time. One time. One time. Yeah, I was a little shocked to see that too. I was like, damn. I thought we were better than that, but yeah, one time. I don't remember what's on my head which year it was. I forgot to write that down, but yeah, once. <laughs> I was a little surprised by that one. I believe we we won the medal count in the Summer Olympics every year since I think 1996. Yeah, we're pretty dominant. 96 or 92, one of the two. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Total medals, both summer and winter, the U.S. is on top with 2,941 medals. Who is in second and by how many medals? Oh, my and I'm gonna. You're not getting multiple choice for this. And I'm going to give you with within 100 medals. So how many, So who is in second place and by how many medals are they in second? So how many more do we have than them? I mean. This is, this is, over, this is summer and winter, so think of that. There, there's so many countries that I, I, I don't I mean, not know. really. Come on. It's combined <laughs> summer and winter. Who is always like right there with us? Come on. I thought this one would be easy. I mean, are, are the are the Chinese successful in the Winter Games? I, mean, I don't know. The question's for you, not me. I know the answer. <laughs> what what do? How many medals did you say? Two thousand nine hundred. We what? have two thousand nine hundred and forty-one medals total. Okay, I, I, it's saying it's, I'm gonna go with China. It's I, not. I'm not very confident in that. All right, and by how many medals are we beating them? Uh, uh by. 237. <laughs> that is incorrect on both. <laughs> the second place country is Russia. Come on. Yeah. You Russia, they're, they're always like top five for summer, and then they always win the winner. Yeah. But second place is Russia, and we are beating them by 959 medals. Oh, my. Yeah, it's a lot that bigger much? margin than you think. Yeah. 959 medals. That's that's a lot. <laughs> and what, what did we say earlier? You can't – let's, let's – uh... Let's cover ourselves here. It's the Russian Olympic Committee. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, we'll, all right. You ready for the next one? one? Yeah. Yep. Hey, I, th- I think that's – this is what I did last time, right? I got one right out of like four or five. So Yeah, yeah you got the one right. Yeah. I was un- unbelievably shocked. I thought you were going to get that one. I thought you would at least go two for four. I figured you'd get, the, get lucky on one of the multiple choices and then get that one, but I guess I overestimated your abilities there. Yeah. All right, last question. Who has the most Olympic medals? Of all, this is another two-part question. Forgot to add that. Who has the most Olympic medals of all time? This is a home run easy question. If you don't get this right, I'm going to be pretty upset with you. Who has the most Olympic medals of all time? Athlete. Athlete-wise, not country. Athlete. Michael Phelps. Do you know how many? 23, right? Nope. There's a 27. 28. 28. Twenty-eight, yes, but Michael Phelps, twenty-eight medals. That's pretty sick. Uh, the other, so the second most is a Soviet woman. Her name is Larissa Latiana. She has eighteen medals. So Michael Phelps has ten more medals than her. The question is, what sport did she compete in? So a Soviet woman, Larissa Latiana, with eighteen medals. What sport does she compete in? And is this is this like a summer winter? I'm not gonna tell you that. It'd be too easy. What sport? Okay, let's think. Eighteen medals. 
Damn, I don't, I don't know. I, right, I'll give you, okay, fine. I'll give you a hint. Summer, summer Olympics. Feel bad for you. You're struggling over there. I know. I, 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 I was going to say swimming because they have a lot of races, but like you never see a Russian <laughs> in, do, like in swimming. And I, I'm not wrong on that. Yeah, uh, very rarely. They're not the best in swimming. You don't see them in, in track either. I, so what else is there? I, I thought summer Olympics would be a big hint. There's only a few that you can win a whole lot of medals in. And there's one that the, the Russians are usually pretty damn good at. I'm blanking on. Oh, my God. Give me a 10-second countdown here, Andrew. 10, 9, what? I don't know. 8. Seven, six, five, four. In answer, three. I, I don't know. Two. One. What? What is it? Gymnastics. Gymnastics. Come on. Eight. Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, eighteen. They're always dominant, They're, especially in the older times. They were dominant in the say, gymnastics. But, I mean. I guess you could win like three or four medals. So she had it. She had to be in like a. You can win more than that because you can win individual all around. You can win team gymnastics, yeah. And then they got four different. They got uneven bars. Mm. They got uh, floor. They got the vaults. And then uh, isn't there a third? Oh yeah, the uh, what's the big bar in the middle? What's that one the called? Beam. The beam. Beam. Yeah, the beam. So you can. I mean, when you can win six medals in one Olympics, like gymnastics, that obviously didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I for sure that would because you got the Russian dominance in that usually, and that's at least in the old times. But so you just went two for two for technically, I guess two the two six. bonus ones will combine for will combine for one, so two out of five. I mean, it's pretty good, decent, better than last time. You're improving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought I made these a little bit easier, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, I'm just I'm just a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be the you're supposed to be the good one here. Shit, maybe you should start giving me trivia. Yeah, yeah for sure. Next, yeah, let's do that next time. We'll, we'll yeah, say I'll give I'll, I'll give you two questions. You give me two questions. Okay. We'll see who's smarter. Sounds I like good. That. A little competition here. All, all right. right, I think that's all we got today, Andrew. I, I think that so. Was a good yeah, one. That was, that was a good episode right there. Yeah, for sure. Had some had some good little uh, little conversations. Got caught up on a lot of stuff. Uh, Yep, Definitely. and I will say my shooting schedule is now over at least the Clear. week, the, like the week long ones. I got one more weekend shoot, but that shouldn't affect our schedule. So we should be back on track, getting these weekly updates out to you guys. So hopefully we'll we'll keep going with that. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Love you guys as always. This is the Sports Social Podcast. Andrew, we'll close her out with uh with what chris said i believe that'll uh that'll do it for uh this episode and uh and we'll see you guys on the next one thanks for thanks for listening and we'll see you guys later